Section three of Snowball by Paul Anderson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Snowball by Paul Anderson. Section three. Arch thought about putting on a decent suit and decided to hell with it. Let them come to him and accept him as he was. He had the whip hand for once in his life. He contented himself with setting out beer and clearing the littered coffee table. Linton Gilmer was a big man with a smooth, well-massaged face, wavy gray hair, and large, soft hands. His presence seemed to fill the room, hardly leaving space for anyone else. Pleased to meet you, Dr. Arch. Brilliant achievement. We borrowed proof sheets from the journal and made tests for ourselves, of course. I'm sure you don't mind. Thank you. He seemed just a trifle shocked at being offered a beer, rather than Johnny Walker Black at four o'clock in the afternoon, but accepted it gracefully. Arch felt excessively gauche. What did you want to see me about? asked the physicist. Oh, well, sir, let's get acquainted first said Gilmer heartily. No rush, no hurry. I envy you scientific fellows. The unending quest, thrill of discovery. Yes, science was my first love. But I'm afraid I sort of got steered off into the business administration end. I know you scientists don't think much of us poor fellows behind the desks. You should hear how our boys gripe when we set the appropriations for their projects. But somebody has to do that. <laughs> Gilmer made a bridge of plump fingers. I do think, though, Dr. Arch, that this hostility is coming to an end. We're both part of the team, you know. Scientist and businessman both work inside our free enterprise system to serve the American public. And more and more scientists are coming to recognize this. Arch shifted uneasily in his chair. He couldn't think of any response. But it was simple to converse with Gilmer. You just sat back, let him flow, and mumbled in the pauses. Some data began to emerge. We didn't want to trouble you with a dozen visitors, so it was agreed that I would represent the combine to, um, sound you out, if I may so phrase it. Arch felt the stir of resentment which patronizing affability always invoked in him. He tried to be courteous. Excuse me, but isn't that sort of thing against the antitrust laws? Oh, no, Gilmer laughed. Quite the opposite, I assure you. If one company tried to corner this product, or if all of them went together to drive the price up, that would be illegal, of course. But we all believe in healthy competition and only want information at the moment. Negotiations can come later. Okay, said Arch. I suppose you know I've already applied for a patent. Oh, yes, of course. Very shrewd of you. I like to deal with a good businessman. I think you're more broad-minded than some of your colleagues, and can better understand the idea of teamwork between business and science. Gilmer looked out the French doors to the building in the rear. Is that your laboratory? I admire a man who can struggle against odds. You have faith and deserve to be rewarded for it. 
How would you like to work with some real money behind you? Arch paused. You mean take a job on somebody's staff? Or not as a lab flunky, said Gilmer quickly. You'd have a free hand. American business recognizes ability. You'd plan your own projects and head them yourself. My own company is prepared to offer you 20000 a year to start. Arch sat without moving. After taxes, said Gilmer. How about this capacitite, I call it? Naturally, the development and marketing would be in the hands of the company, or of several companies, said Gilmer. You wouldn't want to waste your time on account books. You get proper payment for the assignment, of course. Elizabeth entered, looking stunning. Gilmer rose with elaborate courtesy, and the discussion veered to trivialities for a while. Then the girl lit a cigarette and watched them through a haze of smoke. "'Your time is valuable, Mr. Gilmer,' she said abruptly. "'Why don't you make an offer?' and we'll talk about that. Oh, no hurry, Mrs. Arch. I was hoping you would be my guests tonight. No, thanks. With all due regard for you, I don't want to be put under a moral obligation before business is discussed. Gilmer chuckled amiably and repeated the idea he had broached. I like Westfield, said Elizabeth. I don't like New York. It isn't fit for human consumption. Oh, I quite agree, said Gilmer. Once a year I have to break loose, cabin up in Maine, hunting, fishing, back to nature. You really must come up sometime soon. Your objection can be answered easily enough. We could set up a laboratory for you here, if you really insist. You see, we're prepared to be very generous. Arch shook his head. No, he said harshly. No thanks. I like being independent. Gilmer raised his brows. I understand that, but after all, the only difference would be... Arch grinned. He was enjoying himself now. On a dark day some years ago, he had tried to raise a bank loan and had failed for lack of collateral and credit rating and his refusal to subject any friend to co-signing. Ever since, he had indulged daydreams about having finance come crawling to him. The reality was intoxicating. No, he repeated. That's all I want to say about it, too. The income from capacitite will be quite enough for us. If you want to discuss a license to manufacture, go ahead. Hmm, as you wish. Gilmer smoothed the coldness out of his voice. Maybe you'll change your mind later. If so, feel free to call me any time. Now, for an assignment of rights, I think a sum of $50,000 could be arranged. Elizabeth drooped lids over startlingly blue eyes. As an initial payment, perhaps, she said gently. But think what a royalty of, say, ten cents a pound would add up to even in a year. Oh, yes, that would be negotiated, too said Gilmer. However, you realize manufacture could not start immediately and would in any case be on a smaller scale than you perhaps think. Eh? Arch sat bolt upright. What do you mean? Why, this stuff is going to revolutionize not only electronics, but all power. Damn it, everything! Dr. Arch, said Gilmer regretfully, 
you must not have considered the matter of capital investment do you know how many billions of dollars are sunk in generators dams lines motors gasoline said elizabeth we thought of that angle too we can't throw all that in the discard went on gilmer earnestly he seemed more human all at once it may take twenty years to recover the investment in say a local transmission network the company would go broke overnight if that investment were suddenly made valueless millions of people would be thrown out of work millions more would lose their savings in stocks and bonds i always said stocks were a mugs game interrupted arch if the two or three shares owned by the widow and often you're leading up to go bluey it won't break her for years now i've had ads dinning the wonders of the present economic system into my ears one of the main features i'm told is progress all right here's a chance to leap a hundred years ahead let's see you take it gilmer's pink cheeks reddened i'm afraid you still don't understand he replied we have a responsibility the world is watching us just imagine what those british socialists would say if if you're against socialism said elizabeth with a laugh why not start at home public schools and federal highways for instance i fail to see where personal liberty is necessarily tied to any particular method of distribution gilmer seemed for a moment to lose his temper this is no place for radicals he said thickly we've all got to have faith and put our shoulders to the wheel we he paused swallowed and smiled rather stiffly excuse me I, I didn't mean to get worked up there are a lot of stories about wonderful new inventions which the greedy corporations have bought up and hidden away they simply are not true all i am after is a gradual introduction of this material i know those wonderful inventions are pure rumor said arch but i also know that just about everything i buy is made to wear out so i'll have to buy some more it's cheaper yes but i'd rather pay twice as much to start with and have my purchase last ten times as long why can't i buy a decent kitchen knife there's not one that keeps its edge my wife finally made eyes at the butcher and got one of his old knives it lasts a big thing like capacitite represents a chance to change our whole philosophy into something more rational that's what i'm after not just money there needn't be any unemployment capacitite makes increased production possible so why not well why not drop the workday to four hours for some wages then you can employ twice as many people it's not your or my place to make carping criticisms retorted gilmer fundamental changes are as easy as you think dr arch i'm sorry to say that unless you agree to proper terms none of the companies i represent will be interested in your material all right snapped arch i can make it myself make it by the ton if i like and sell it for a dollar a pound you may find yourself undersold my patent it hasn't gone through yet that takes time plenty of time if you don't want to cooperate and even if it's granted which i by no means guarantee you'll have to sue infringers do you know how crowded court calendars are and how expensive a series of appeals can make such a suit okay said elizabeth sweetly go ahead and make it you just got through telling us why you can't 
Gilmer looked out the window. This is a great country, he said, with more sincerity than Arch expected. No country on earth has been so rich and so happy. Do you know how it got that way? By progressing, said Arch. For your information, I'm not a leftist. I'll bet I'm far to the right of you. So far that I still believe in full speed ahead and damn the torpedoes. Gilmer rose with a certain dignity. I'm afraid tempers are getting a little short, he said quietly. I beg of you to reconsider. We'll fight for the public interest if we must, but we'd rather cooperate. May I leave my card? You can always get in touch with me. He made farewells and left. Arch and Elizabeth looked somewhat blankly at each other. "'Well, killer,' said the girl at last, "'I hope you haven't taken too big a chaw to swallow.' Calhoun dropped over in the evening and listened to their account. He shook his head dubiously. "'You're up against it, laddie,' he said. "'They'll defend their coffers to the bitter end.' "'It isn't that.' Arch stared moodily into the darkness. I don't think they're a bunch of monsters, no more than anybody else. They just believe in the status quo. So do you, you know. How? Calhoun bristled. I'll admit I'm not the hell-fire revolutionary of my undergraduate days, but I still think a basic change is called for. Not basic, said Arch. You just want to change part of the mechanism. But you keep the same ant-heap industrial society. I believe the heart went out of this land after the Civil War, and the death warrant was signed about 1910. Before then, a man was still an individual. He worked for himself at something he understood, and wasn't afraid to stand up and spit in the eye of the world. Now he spends his daily routine on an assembly line or behind a desk or counter, doing the same thing over and over, for someone else. In the evening, he watches the same pap on his television, and if something goes wrong, he winds his way to the apartment superintendent or the VA or the Social Security office. Look at the progress of euphemism. Old people are senior citizens. Draft becomes selective service. Graveyard to cemetery to memorial park. We've become a race of dependence, and we can't break away. There isn't any frontier left. There isn't any alternative society. One man can't compete with a corporation. Or with a commissar, for that matter. What we need is not to go back to living in log cabins, but to make the means of sustenance and the sources of energy so cheap that every man can have them. Insufficient quantity to live and work? I don't know. Maybe I'm being vainglorious, but it seems as if capacitite is a long step in that direction. I warn you. You're talking good Marxism, said Calhoun with a grin. The means of production determine the type of society. Which is pure hogwash, answered Arch. Egypt and Assyria had identical technologies. So did Athens and Sparta. So do America and Russia. The means of production only determine the possible societies. And there are always many possibilities. I'd like to see the possibility of individualism available again to the American people if they're too far gone to accept it to hell with them. The government can work fast when it wants to. It was just the following afternoon when the phone rang again. Elizabeth came out to the lab. 
where arch and bob calhoun were preparing a batch of capacitite with a strained look on her face come inside dear she said thinly i've got some bad news when he was in the house she added two fbi men are on their way here what the devil arch felt a gulp of fear it was irrational he told himself the fbi was no gestapo on the whole he approved of it maybe some friend had given his name as a security reference all right we'll see what they want i'm going to start some coffee said elizabeth lucky we've got cake too huh you'll see she patted his cheek and managed to smile you're too innocent sweetheart end of section three